4: the way tire buying should be.
0: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: Double barrel action on a Monday night, and we'll start with a game that just ended within the last half hour or so. The Denver Broncos trying really hard, really hard to gag away a 17-point lead against the newly-minted L.A. Chargers. How'd that work out? Uh, well, he blew most of it. At one point, it was 24-7. to The Broncos were leading this football game, and then they had to keep playing. And a specially-placed interception by Trevor Simeon, a fumble by the Broncos, those two things combining together and setting up an opportunity for the Chargers to get within three points of a tie. And then in the final... Seconds, with a chance to tie the football game, Young-Way Koo came onto the field. Who? Who? I don't know. Young-Way. Apparently, he's a YouTube guy. I was reading a story about this guy a couple months ago that he is a YouTube trick shot kick artist. Never heard of him. I know. Well, bad job by you. You should watch YouTube. But Young-Way Koo made a field goal, and he had tied the game. We're going to overtime. We are going to overtime. What? 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 Yeah, no, it didn't count. It did not count. There was a, a timeout. A timeout that was called. And then, and then, well, do it again, right? Do it again. And uh, this time, block! Block! Go! Yeah, Shelby Harris of the Broncos spoiling the overtime session for Young Way Koo as the kick was blocked. So the Broncos hold on, get a 24-21 win. And so... Every team in the AFC West outside of the Chargers is off to the perfect 3-0 start, the Chargers in last – or 1-0 start, the Chargers in last place at 0-1. And if the season ended now, they'd finish in last place. And so let's talk about this. Now, the question, what do you make of the Broncos' win? The Broncos like to fancy themselves as a contender in the AFC West and that they are right there on par – with Kansas City and the Raiders. Well, a couple of things that stood out. A couple of things stood out. First of all, gamesmanship, which I often talk about, and it certainly applied in this game. This is the uh, textbook example of gamesmanship. Uh, sloppy and a work in progress. Those are the three thoughts I had from the Broncos' side watching this particular football game. We'll start with number one. This was a victory that was saved by the head coach, Vance Joseph, that that was, th- this is a win for him. Now, his team did everything they could to give the football game away, right? They su- it's a game of survival, right? It's a game of survivor, uh, survivor, if you will, in the NFL. Uh, but the, the Broncos used what is one of the few socially acceptable things in sports involving gamesmanship. People get very upset about gamesmanship. We have people on this show that are offended by that term and some of the P1s, the Malor militia get upset by gamesmanship. But the the move that Vance Joseph, the Broncos coach, made here was gamesmanship. Icing the kicker is the original form of that technique. And it clearly worked because while young Way Koo might be the guy on YouTube videos with trick shots, he certainly wasn't the guy at having to kick a field goal. Again, now, to be in fairness, I understand. Don't lay it on the kicker. That guy Shelby Harris got the block. It ain't the kicker's fault that that 44-yard field goal attempt did not go through. Uh, That's true. But we we like to goof on on kickers because Peyton Manning taught us that they're not real people, that that kickers are, are not real people. Well, let's hear from the Broncos head coach, Vance Joseph, who used gamesmanship to help the Broncos get the win. Coach, where'd you learn that gamesmanship? Tell me about that.
5: Well, the game was in, in
0: firm control, you know, for about three quarters there, and we felt good, but you turn them all over twice on the short side of the 50, it, it's, it's going to be a problem with Phillip Rivers. As far as icing the kicker, I had two timeouts, so I wasn't going to you know, leave with those in my pocket.
4: Really? Could you sell those on eBay? Like, could Vance Joseph get an, e- uh, an eBay account and say, I'd like to sell two timeouts, two official game timeouts I'd like to sell those? They won't allow that? Apparently not. Well, it worked. It saved the game, and so the Broncos are able to win. Now, the second point, you have both a perfect performance and a sloppy performance in the same game, which is what every coach wants, right? We hear that all the time. You listen to these coaches, and they they go on and on and on about how you want something to build on. You want uh, negative. You don't want all positive. You have building blocks and all that. We hear this all the time, all all these seminars, the self-help, type coaches are like, we're going to help get better, right? We're going to get better together and uh, all the Tony Robbins talking points that these guys have, all of it. And so this was a wonderful building block for the Broncos because they showed in one performance the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Broncos, the good building up the 24-7 to lead, the ugly turning the football over, and then finally they were able to win it anyway. But they, uh, Trevor Simeon, in this game, you know, look at the, the, the numbers. It like, well, it's pretty good, 17 of 28, 219 yards, and he had a couple of short touchdown passes to Benny Fowler. But at the same time, you have to say, well, late in the game when the Denver Broncos could have completed some passes and made a few plays and not allowed the Chargers opportunities to get back in the game, uh, the habits, the bad habits popped up for one, Trevor Simeon. So, it is fair to say a work in progress. A work in progress. Now, in the losing locker room, the better story is in the losing locker room. You have a team that was getting destroyed, torn apart in the L.A. Chargers. And then, thanks to a little bit of an assist from the Denver Broncos, a, a big assist with a couple of turnovers, the Chargers able to come back. They have this amazing uh, supposedly quarterback, Philip Rivers. Everyone loves to tell me how great Phillip Rivers is. And in the first half, Phillip Rivers was a decoy. Uh, he was essentially a decoy. They ran, ran, ran early, ran off in the whole thing in the first half. That's how the the game went for the Chargers. And then in the second half, they passed the ball a lot more. But Rivers ended up with less than 200 yards passing. He had three touchdowns. Now the question is, would he have had uh, more touchdown passes if you had thrown the ball more early in the game that's up for debate. I say, obviously, yes. I think that's an easy statement to make. Uh, but Anthony Lynn, who I'm told is the coach of the Chargers. I, could anyone pick Anthony Lynn out of, like, a, a coach's lineup? I don't think so. Probably not. But here's the, the new big kahuna of the Los Angeles Chargers who's feeling the burn after this.
5: Well, our preparation went, in, went into that game, and uh, we, we came up short. That stung a little bit. You know, every man in that locker room is hurting. They, they never stopped fighting. I'm proud of those guys. They <laughs> went in it all the way to the end. There are some things that we could have done better to help ourselves.
4: Uh, let's check back with the Chargers coach late in the year and see if they're still fighting. We'll check back on that. Well, to me, the highlight of the night was not the blocked field goal or a turnover by the Broncos, any of that. A touchdown by Phillip Rivers here. No, no, no. The highlight was the broadcast itself. Now, I had every intention of using the mute button. I had every, uh, I'd really looked forward to this. I said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be bothered. I know this is going to trigger me. I don't want to be triggered. I don't need this. I don't care. You know, it's some kind of social experiment. You know, it's a great, a great glass ceiling being broken. I was like, I don't need this. You know, fine. Uh, Most of the time, I don't pay attention to the broadcasters anyway. They're just kind of in the background. And to highlight this game as some kind of amazing accomplishment, I just did, it, Annoyed me. I was annoyed by the whole thing. Uh, so, uh, we're supposed to get excited because uh, someone has different anatomy and they're calling a game. This is supposed to be a big deal. Uh, I just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Other people got really excited, very emotional by this. But it turned out that the play by play person in this game was not the story. It was not Rex Ryan, uh, who sucked. Uh, boy, I thought Rex would be good. Man, does he? Is he? I hope his, is his brother better on Fox Sports Radio, Rob, or is he? No, I hope so. Because man, that uh, that did not go so well for for Rex. Uh, sexy Rexy can uh, stay away from that. That is not good. Uh, not good at all. Anyway, the highlight here was someone I'd never heard of before. I don't even know who this person. I don't know if this is like a character or something. Sergio Dip, I uh, believe that's the name. The great Sergio Dip, uh, who. <laughs> Do we have the audio? I hope we have the audio on this. It is one of the great moments in broadcast history. You know, Howard Cosell, uh, who died many years ago, helped build this amazing franchise that is Monday Night Football and just an, uh, an amazing part of Americana, pop culture in America. And there's this great cachet that goes with broadcasting Monday Night Football. There's there's a feeling in the broadcast community when you do a Monday night football game that you've reached the peak of professional broadcasting, that you're at the very top and you're looking down at everyone else. There's an arrogance and rightfully so, right? Well, I think we can end that right now after this Monday night football broadcast and the forget, I move over OJ, the single greatest sideline report in the history of television. If you missed it, if you were working, even if you heard it, I now present to you my new favorite sideline reporter, a legend, Sergio Dip. Do the dip. Beth, Coach, it's a pleasure to be with you guys here on the field from up close just watching Coach Vance Joseph from here. You watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is. Having the time of his life this night, making his head coaching debut. (laughs) Now, the only thing that would make that better, as great as that is, we're on an audio platform. I wish you could see the deer in the headlights look on the man's face. If you could see the, the the look on his face, like, oh my God, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. There's a camera pointed at me. I I can't get any air. This is horrible. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> oh, it was, oh, it was amazing. This is a, this is a, an NFL broadcast. You know how much, uh, how much these broadcast people pay, the broadcast partners pay to put their product on on television, billions of dollars, and they put a, a they put a guy that looked like, apparently he's been in television. Uh, uh, boy, was that a disaster. He looked like he, he was a comedian. It was like a, a play. I thought it was a practical joke. My, my knee-jerk reaction was, well, there's someone's punking us. Someone's punking us. This must be, this has to be some kind of social experiment that there's no way that ESPN, with all that money invested in their Monday Night franchise, would put this loser on television. No way! And he was! He was on there! Oh, my! It was amazing, this guy! Wow. All right. Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie Garcia. Do the dip, Eddie! Do the dip!
1: I could not stop laughing. Oh, it was great. I was crying. God bless you, Sergio Dip. You're God a, bless hero. You. You and, a hero. You are. And Ben, you didn't yeah. mention what? that was. His that was one and done. They didn't they go, didn't back, go to back
4: to him. What? That was it. Coward. Walk off home run. What a bunch Sergio of Sergio co- Dip. What a bunch of cowards.
1: Oh. They're a bunch of cowards. You know what, though? Glad, Let the man I'm, speak. I'm glad they didn't because that should stand forever for all time. That's it. That's gonna be his only shot on Monday Night Football. <laughs> one and done. Right.
4: Beautiful. So here's the toss-up. Now, the legend is this guy from Ball State University who said, "Boom goes the dynamite." He coined that phrase on yes. a on a college uh, TV broadcast uh, back in the back in the day, many years ago now. It's been been several several. I think that was over a decade ago. He, he last I heard, he's still working in media. Really? He, yes. Okay, well, that's great. Wonderful. Uh, great job by him. Okay. So anyway, let's let's compare and contrast. Like if if you had to pick one. Do you pick Boom Goes the Dynamite or do you pick Sergio Dip?
1: Well, it's a tough call for a couple of different reasons. Yeah. Number one, Boom Goes the Dynamite was was better. Uh it, it saying meaning that means
4: he was worse. Yeah. But that was college TV. Yeah, yeah. It's now, supposed to be the worse. An- the answer is the ESPN yes, guy, Sergio Dip. Yes. Dipp. This was on a Monday night football broadcast. Exactly. This was no one would have seen. Boom goes the dynamite without you know the internet and all that stuff. No one's watching Correct. these college TV broadcasts. The only problem I had, and we'll have to dissect this again. What do we have a catchphrase in there? Like boom goes the dynamite. The time of a my life. Or time of his life. Right, That's got to be let's, it. Uh, can we play that again? I'd like to hear that.
2: Here let's on see. the field from up close, just watching Coach Vance Joseph. <laughs> from here,
4: you watch him now on the screen. This diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. Quarterback at Colorado, defensive back in the NFL, and here he is having the time of his life this night, making his head coaching debut. <laughs> that diversity in his background is very helpful as well. That's uh... and
3: boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah, but this is and this and, is great. and the, uh, the
1: icing on the cake for me. Yeah. Is the name? If he was, you know, Joe Smith. Sure. Not as funny, but Sergio Dipp. Oh,
4: it's great. That is. And just think, this, this, awesome. this poor loser must have told all his friends, I'm gonna be on ESPN, right? I guess he worked for ESPN Deportes or yes, something like yes, that. Yes, but yes, yes. But this guy probably told all his buddies, listen, I'm gonna be on big ESPN. I'm doing the sidelines for the Broncos game. This is my gig. Check out the broadcast.
1: <laughs> I wish, I, wish there were, I wish there was a camera on my face when this happened because nobody knew this was going to happen. It's just you're watching the yeah. game and suddenly this guy pops up and you're like, what is this? Yeah, And you hear him start to talk and you're like, what is this? Well, and then it ends yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, what was that?
4: Well, typically, Eddie, as you know, they put some eye candy on the sidelines, you know, a little hottie uh, on the sidelines. That's usually how they do it most of these games. So this was a surprise that it was a dude. <laughs> are you four. are you saying Sergio Dip is not a handsome? No, fella? I found him very attractive. Yeah. But I, I was uh, surprised uh, that, that that I, I didn't uh, didn't know I didn't know who it was. I thought again, Eddie, I thought it was a joke. I thought okay, they're going to come out and say, oh, this is for a new movie. Uh, you know, hey, it's we decided
1: out. to let a fan come down and do <laughs> yes. our sideline reporting. And want a as, contest yeah, on our exactly. website,
4: and uh, no, this is the real deal. <laughs> Imagine what was going on Aww. in the truck, Eddie. The but, production truck, the conversations that were going on. You think that came from corporate? You think the people at the upper levels of the four-letter called in? I so don't no, think they had to, Ben. I, okay. I think
1: the people all in the right. trucks were like, were like, all right, that's it. Yeah, because they have but, someone but, but,
4: monitoring social media, oh, right? On Twitter, yeah, just, yeah. Oh, it, was it was
1: beautiful. Just going on and reading, and Coop and I were <laughs> reading some of the tweets for the show and just <laughs>
4: cracking up. Yeah, it was good. Oh, my God. It was good. In fact, I have a, a poll up right now which the voting we've had hundreds of votes on this. I hope you can get a vote in here Eddie cuz it's up it's up all day and it's for the player of the week in the NFL for week 1. The choices are Sam Bradford, Alex Smith, Calais Campbell and Sergio Dipp. Uh, those are the four you can you can choose who you think the player of the week is. Voting will be open for another 20 plus hours so you can go uh, vote as much as you want. I was really upset because I you you say you were happy that he didn't come back. I wanted to see Dip do a halftime interview. I thought oh. that would have been wonderful. You imagine him side-by-side side with Vance Joseph going off the field. Oh, that would have been great. Man. We yeah, just, I w- yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was going to watch the rest of the game anyway until we
1: had to come into work, but yeah. I was waiting for the next Dip report.
4: Yeah. It was.
1: It uh, it never came. Yeah, we missed
0: it. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio
4: app. Minnesota ending up with a game that seemed rather easy. Seemed rather easy, uh, thanks to the gumbo defense of the New Orleans Saints. The Vikings able to find some offensive rhythm, not confidence and not momentum. They found rhythm. Uh, in this particular game, and the defense able to squeeze, put the squeeze on the New Orleans Saints. So a 29-19 win that was not even that close for the Minnesota Vikings. And Sam Bradford only had five incomplete passes, 27 of 32. He did not turn the ball over. Three touchdown passes, a very successful day of work for one Sam Bradford. And this will lead to the overreaction machine being cranked up, right? People are going to react uh, to this irrationally. That is what happens. You lose your sense of proportion. Now, full disclosure here, when we handicapped this game, I bought into the hype that the New Orleans Saints were going to be a little bit better defensively and that the Vikings had had all kinds of issues during training camp and the preseason games, the exhibition games and that there would be some self-doubt, that there would be some anxiety for the Vikings' offense in this game, and therefore that would lead to what? That would lead to unreliability. Did any of that happen? Was there shakiness? Was there turmoil for the Vikings? No, no, none of those things that were supposed to happen, none of that uneasiness uh, happened. There was no anxiety because of the opponent. The Saints' defense Uh, not only were they a defense, they sucked. Uh, They were brutal, and uh, they played gumbo-level defense, like a big bowl of gumbo. You go right through that, and you don't even realize it. And much of this lead up to the game was not about the Vikings. It was not about Sam Bradford. The lead up to the game was about who. That's right, Adrian Peterson, his return to the Twin Cities. How did that go? How did that go? Did you watch both doubleheader uh, games, Monday Night Football? Did you see that? The very sensitive Adrian Peterson, how'd that turn out? Uh, Not not good. Do not ask. Uh, Peterson was irrelevant on the field. He only had six carries in the game, 18 yards, one catch for no yards. Ended up getting into an on-camera shouting match with his head coach. And that's the subplot. Did you see that? Did you witness that? If you didn't watch the game, did you at least hear about what happened? It's only the first week of the NFL regular season, and already our friend Adrian Peterson was spotted barking like a dog at his head coach, Sean Payton, on the sidelines there. Peterson was yelling at his coach and then gave him the Medusa death stare. Going to turn Sean Payton to stone is what I'm going to do. How Don't you know who I am? I'm Adrian Effin-Peterson. you got to give me some playing time. What's wrong with you? Do you know who I am? I invented the running back position. And you're going to embarrass me on my day? You're going to embarrass me? How dare you? You know what? I'm going to upstage this entire game is what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm Adrian Peterson. I know the cameras are on me. There's a camera always on me. So I am going to upstage this entire game. That's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. The Medusa deaths there from one Adrian Peterson. So let's talk about this, this nice, juicy subplot. Uh, and there's a, a few things that stand out here. When you talk about the dynamic of Adrian Peterson and Sean Payton and that back and forth, right? Playing time. Right or lack of playing time, right, and and, and that was behind this kerfluffle, that was behind it. Now the core question here: What are the the, the big takeaways from this? Forget the game itself because that's wasn't much of a competition. The Vikings were clearly better than the New Orleans Saints defensively in the second half, in particular. And Drew Brees was frustrated and all that. But Adrian Peterson and Sean Payton, that dynamic. Uh, I, I got a couple of things here. Hitchcockian melodrama, right? The great Hitchcock uh, back in the day, frustration, misleading, and might I add, a case of buyer's remorse. A case of buyer's remorse. Now, I'll walk you through this. And we'll begin with the fact that Adrian Peterson was not sold a bill of goods. By all accounts, the Saints laid out their plans. They said, listen, we've got some pretty good running backs here but we want to use you as one of our rotation players. You're not going to get a ton of playing time. You're going to be a backup. They were very transparent in New Orleans. They let Adrian Peterson know the situation. And before the first game of the season had ended, you had this Hitchcockian melodrama between Adrian Peterson and his coach, Sean Payton, which was captured uh, by all the cameras. Now, in addition, the real thriller here, is going to be what happens next. Now, we already know the post-game commentary, and we'll give you some of that right now, but the Saints, as expected, circled the wagons to downplay this, there's nothing to see here, move on, blah, 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 blah. Let's hear from Sean Payton. Sean Payton first on what exactly, what, what kind of pleasantries they were talking about, Payton and Peterson there on the sidelines.
1: No, listen. I'd tell you if we were in a heated exchange, so no, why don't you ask him? But we were – I think he was into it. We were all into it. There was no, uh, none that I can recall, and I'm being honest. So
5: yeah.
4: That's a lie. Uh, when coaches talk, they give you a version of the truth, but not the whole truth. Uh, do, do you believe him? I don't believe him. You know why? Because he stuttered. That's a sign of lying. Did you notice that? Did you notice Sean Payton stutter in the middle of that sound? But play it again. Listen closely. You can tell the point where he's like, I'm lying, but I got to double down on the lie. And you could literally, any good person of reading a language would know this is a lie. Listen.
1: No. Listen. I'd tell you if we were in a heated exchange, so why don't you ask him? But right here. we were, right here. I think yeah. oh! he was into it. He we all well into it.
4: He stuttered. He's like stuttering John from the old Howard Stern show. He stuttered. Right? Come on. That is part of the Hitchcockian melodrama. So he said, go ask Adrian Peterson. All right. Uh, let's go ask Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, uh, coach said we need to ask you about this heated exchange. So I'm asking you about the heated exchange. It was nasty. You hate your coach, don't you?
5: jump to conclusions and make their own, own assumptions when they didn't have no idea what was going on or what was said. You know, I could have been I could have said I love you. And it was super aggressive. You know?
4: But, but you know,
5: but yeah, it's no issue. We have we have bigger fish to
4: fry. Really? What kind of fish are you frying in the Saints locker room? Let's talk about that. Can we discuss that? No, we cannot discuss that. <laughs> Well, Peterson went on social media. That's, what he, that's the version of the story that he, he told reporters. Did you see what Peterson said on Twitter from his verified account? And he uh, was responding to a photo of himself and Sean Payton. And uh, Peterson had said, I'm going to keep that confidential. Yeah. Uh, Peterson went on Twitter and said, let's be clear. I said we need to run the ball up their donkey. Uh, nothing more. I'm passionate, but respect my coach at the same time. So, what part of the uh, the donkey in the anatomy? Okay, I don't think we can't get into that. We're not allowed to. Uh- That's what the man said. Now, now here's the the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Good day. Uh, I would expect the Saints uh, to continue this for the next couple of days. That they'll circle the wagons. They'll downplay this as they were you know, doing after the game. That's going to be the public position. Privately, I would think that there's going to be a different stance, just like a shady politician. The position privately will be, what the hell? Adrian Peterson was mostly a spectator. The Saints rotated three running backs. We know that Mark Ingram is the number one option, but it is a running back by committee. And if Peterson reaches a high enough level of frustration, which – it's not We're not there yet, but that had to be high up on the list of disappointments for Peterson coming back to, to Minnesota and really wanted to stick it to the Vikings, and instead you're standing on the sidelines with your helmet off. So we're, we're reaching up to a boiling point and a tipping point where we're going to get a snappage situation, and that would lead to a couple of opportunities. Either Adrian Peterson would be traded – to another team, or he would be most likely outright released. Uh, and as far as the the crowd reaction, uh, the TV downplayed the reaction. Uh, there were there were two different distinct reactions. This is the reports we're getting. I wasn't at the game. If you were at the game, and you want to tell us what you saw. That's fine. But the reaction I saw from the uh, the people that were were there that were documenting this were Peterson before the game when he came out pregame in his sense, Saints gear to warm up, got a very positive reaction. But it seemed to be mostly from people that were trying to get his autograph. Uh, and then when the game started, there wasn't much of a reaction at the beginning. But then when he got his first carry, it was boo minor. Uh, they were booing Adrian Peterson. So that's, that's that. Now, the last observation. Peterson, I would put him in a category called misleading. When you break down the misleading uh, players, I'd put Peterson in there. He still looks like Adonis. right? He looks like he should be the MVP of the NFL. But clearly the Saints coaching staff feel like he's in, in old geezer status at this point. Last season in Minnesota, Peterson was – he was what? He was washed up. Uh, clearly he did not impress in training camp for the New Orleans Saints. And so Sean Payton and the Saints brass there. I would believe at this point, considering the blow up on the sidelines, that there's some buyers remorse right now. That Peterson is not accepting the backup role, which I would believe they told him here's what you gotta do. You gotta be a backup. Are you okay with that? And he initially said yes. All right. It is the the Ben Maller show again on Fox. Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie Garcia. We also had a a late Monday night game, the Chargers on a last-second field goal attempt that was blocked after some gamesmanship. The Broncos hold on. They almost, almost blew a 17-point lead, but the Chargers unable to complete the comeback there as Young-Way-Koo. No good. No good on the old block there. Young-Way-Koo. Does not look like that's how it should be pronounced, Eddie. Looks like it should be pronounced uh, something really interesting. Uh, which we give us the interesting pronunciation. Why don't you do it? Go ahead. Ed. I look don't know what you're talking about. Well, you, look at his you... name. Type him into. Go ahead. Coop. You brought why don't you, you brought I... it
1: up. Tell me what you All think right. it should be.
4: <laughs> I'm just saying I pronounce the name properly because I get names right here. That's my job. Does it broadcasting. have to do with a garden hoe? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Uh, Coop. How would you pronounce that name if you just randomly wanted to pronounce that name? The kicker for the Chargers. Go ahead. Young Ho Koo. That's about right. Yeah. You get Did that? We get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Racist. No, I'm just
4: no. I'm just being honest. I mean, that's what it looks like, right? I mean, if you just you know, but he he says young waku. That's how you pronounce. It. Oh, how do you get the way out of that? Though? How do you think they get the way out of that?
5: There's no way you get a way out of a hoe.
4: <laughs> 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 All right.
5: <laughs> I feel like we.
4: Third rail, we might, might move on, my man. All right, so the Ben Maller Show on Fox. and The, so, the Cruz
1: teams went 4-0 this week. I know the Koopa Loop was kind of sweating yeah. that one out there at the end, but yeah. uh yeah. will see how, how often that happens this season.
4: I want to point out also, Eddie, that we have live baseball action. Yes, and we right, do. Right around the time I gave some tough love to Dave Roberts, I said, you better win a game. I'm firing you this week. Yeah. Dodgers don't, don't woke have up. the power to do that. Yes, but. I did. I have the power. I'm very we are influential. Tied.
1: We're tied at four in the fourth
4: inning. Eddie, I'm a mover and a fo, shaker. Fo, fo, fo. My voice resonates with the Dodgers. Ah. I am a mover and a shaker. Absolutely, yes. A, a catalyst for the Dodgers. I, was, I will how, ignite how many, this team.
1: How many people do you think are in attendance there at that game?
4: I am going to go, I'll go conservative, I'll say, less than 500. What do you think? Uh, I would agree. Actualism. I know it's
1: Giants-Dodgers, and that's a great rivalry, but uh, yeah, it's, it's rainy and cold in San Francisco, as it is a lot. But uh,
4: You know what I would do right now? Like I, We're on the radio right there. I, I would If I'm listening in the Bay Area, I would go over there if I don't have to get up early in the morning and just go hang out. How cool would that be? There's, you can probably sit like right behind the dugouts.
1: And you think they'll just let you walk in, don't even have to have a ticket? They, they might.
4: They might let you do that. Back in the old days, they'd let you do that, but now probably not. Yeah. Yeah. What a bunch of bums there. How dare you? All right. We'll take your phone calls. If you would like to be part, we only give out the number once an hour. And I, I have not even gone down Sergio Dip highway. I have not done that. But yes, we had not a whole yet. we had a whole tribute to the man that was able to slice up with a knife his very first Monday night football sideline report. Uh, this is the definition. He, he might as well have gone to Kentucky, uh, Sergio Dipp, because he is a one-and-done. Uh, one one Monday night football sideline report, and that is it. But that what a done. one it was. The time
1: of his life. Yes. What a one it
4: was. <laughs> Just think of all the, the, the people, that bloodbath that ESPN had when they fired all those people. They got rid of them, you know, cutting the fat. And one of those people could have done sidelines, right? They got they fired a whole host of people, but they kept this guy around. Sergio. Here on the
2: field from up close, just watching Coach
4: Vance Joseph <laughs> from here. You watch him now on the screen. Oh this diversity in his background is helping him a lot tonight. <laughs> yeah, diversity in his background. I'm sure on the sidelines, Eddie, when he calls the play, say, you know, I wasn't going to call that play, but now I'm going to call it because it's a good play and I've got diversity in my background. So I'm going to coach better because I have diversity.
1: You think he told his players, guys, I'm having the time <laughs> of my life? Yes. want you to know that.
4: He told his players, I'm a better coach than all the other coaches because I have diversity. That's why. We're going to win this game because of diversity. That's why we're going to win this game. Tremendous. Having the time of his life. Yes, absolutely. Well, I know our friend, uh, the uh, kicker. For the Chargers there, who Coop, I cannot say how Coop pronounced it, but uh, Young Weiku did not have the time of his life. Did not have the time of his life.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
4: And it is again Mallet of the third degree time. We bring in a man who's very happy because his Denver Broncos were victorious. He's in a good mood. If the Broncos had lost, we would have gotten pouty face coop. But now we get happy coop. He's eating some cake.
6: He's happy. The whole thing. The coop the loop Justin Cooper. Ben Andy Dalton looked well, he looked awful on Sunday. Trash. It was bad. Now, sure, it's only one game, but we are now into year seven of Dalton as the Bengals quarterback, and he has still never won a playoff game. Ben, it's time to move on, right? And if so, should they do it before the end of the year? No, no, the Bengals are not going to get
4: out of the Andy Dalton business. And I'm certainly not there yet. First of all, Andy Dalton, we know he sleptwalked through that game on Sunday. You should never, never be judged by your best or your worst performance in any walk of, of uh, work, in any line of work, you should not be judged by your best or your worst day. You've got to judge by the mean, the medium uh, part of your career, the average performance. Stay away from the extremes. Uh, Andy Dalton has been a middle-of-the-road quarterback who occasionally will give you top ten numbers uh, on an on a inconsistent basis. But until proven otherwise, that was an outlier. Now, if Andy Dalton has four more games like that, We can revisit this, and then I'll change my position. But Dalton needs to play better under pressure. He's got to play better under pressure. It appears the Cincinnati offensive line is not going to be his friend. And according to the stat geeks, of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, Andy Dalton's near the top at being unable to handle the pass rush, which is a troubling, troubling set of events for our friends listening in Cincinnati. And secondly – The Bengals are the last franchise you would expect to see a quick hook. Uh, These are the same guys. You know this. These are the same guys that have employed Marvin Lewis all these years, 0-7 in the postseason. He's been around since the Stone Age in Cincinnati. And that's just how the Bengals roll. Less success equals more job security. The Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, he's got one more season of dead cap money next year. So we can look back at next season after the 2018 season when he's, he's out of dead cap money and this, the Bengals don't have to pay a penalty to get rid of him. But until then, they're going to continue to trot out, they being the Bengals, Andy Dalton. And, and don't give me A.J. McCarron. Now, there's a lot of A.J. McCarron toe suckers, but he's an unknown commodity. You don't know that A.J. McCarron's going to be a viable option at
6: quarterback in the NFL. He's played a handful of games. Next! So far, there have only been two rookie quarterbacks to see regular season action. The Deshauns. Both Kaiser and Watson got praise from analysts over the weekend, but they were both on the losing side. Now, obviously, Kaiser had a more playing time, but which Deshaun were you more impressed with? Well, I'm impressed with the Browns because he spells it differently. So I like the
4: the different variation of the spelling there. But no, they, listen, they both lost, so they're both losers. I'm not a big moral victory guy, but since you asked me who I liked more from these games, the the games of I of what I watched, I liked the quarterback of the Browns more, Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, I liked him more. A Kaiser, he did not have a mental breakdown, and that's a spot where historically that has happened. The Steelers sacked him a bunch. He was on the ground a lot. Seven times the Steelers defense sacked Deshaun Kaiser, and he, he was constantly being peppered with hands and arms in his face and all that. And he got off to a bad start. He was not able to matriculate the ball down the field early in the game, but he was able to pull himself together, and he kept the Browns from getting dismantled uh, and actually had the Browns in position to give some anxiety to the Steelers. I I still believe Pittsburgh was they were in no danger of losing the game But since Pittsburgh is a better team than Jacksonville, then you've got to give the edge to the Browns quarterback. And B, Deshaun Watson, a lot of the love of Deshaun Watson is based on what he did at Clemson. I was not impressed with his brief playing time in the regular season opener for the Houston Texans. It was a combo of missed throws. The timing was not great. There were some poor decisions. Uh, And that's generally a medley of mistakes that, is not something to celebrate, and the key for both of these guys is to be able to overcome poor offensive line play. Check down is your friend, and if these guys can figure it out, you can throw the ball away. There's little tricks that you can do to cover for an offensive line, and the first one that figures it out is going to have more success in the NFL, and they'll last longer. Now we'll see if Watson gets the start. Thursday, it's a short week. And these, uh, the Bengals and, and Texans get together on a Thursday in Cincinnati. But uh, my answer is the Browns quarterback. Next! USC is
6: back, baby! Woohoo! Now, in all seriousness. Now, that's the Southern California version, not the East Coast version? Yeah. Yes, correct. All right. uh, in all seriousness, the Trojans were dominant against Stanford, and the analysts were constantly calling it a statement game. Now, Ben, are you convinced that SC is a legit playoff contender?
4: Yeah, I'm not all in on the Trojans quite yet. I, I was impressed with their game against Stanford. How can you not be? But the, the the season opening win, first of all, the season opening win against Western Michigan was messy. Right? I am encouraged. I am encouraged by what happened at the Coliseum in LA, the mausoleum as we call it, against Stanford. How can you not be? You had over 600 yards of offense. And that was like a video game on the the arcade easy level for the USC offense, but It's a very small sample size for the Trojans. The real optimism, the reason to think that this is not some kind of mirage or an illusion for for SC is that the offensive line play and the defensive line appears to be elite. That There are several offensive linemen that have NFL futures. There's a couple guys in that front seven on defense that are going to be drafted into the NFL. That's got to keep you excited if you're a fan of SC. And secondly... Clay Helton, the head coach at, at Trojan Land, uh, he has been able to, it appears, get some grit into the Trojans. USC has played one really good game and one good quarter, that fourth quarter against Western Michigan. The the test for them is going to be on the road. They have not played a road game. they got to visit Notre Dame. They have to play a pretty good Wazoo team on the road. That's a That's a Friday game, Friday night game. And then you got that trap at the end of the year against Josh Rosen, Sam Donald and Josh Rosen, at the end of the season, the UCLA-USC game. So I'm not all in yet. I like what I see so far, but I'm not all in. There it is. Mallard of the third degree. How did we do?
6: Can you pass this edition?
4: That's a winner!
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Now, (laughs) (laughs) Mallers Mountain of Money.
3: Lord, that's a lot of money.
0: Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Probably not.
4: All right, here we go. It is time now for Mallers Mountain of Money, a staple of the Ben Mallor show, uh, although not last week. Uh, But it's back. It's back this week. We think it's back this week. So here we go. Let's do it. We welcome in from Honolulu. We say hello to Stephen. Of course, much earlier in Honolulu. What's going on, Stephen? Not a lot. How you doing? Good show. Thank you, man. What's going on? What are you doing, in Honolulu? Uh, um, sorry, I'm, I'm
3: in sales. Sales and marketing.
4: Nice. Are you, yeah. Where are you from? Are you from there?
3: Uh, no, I'm from Massachusetts. Wow.
4: it's pretty yeah. far away. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Just kept moving west. What, are you going to Guam next? Where are you headed? It's, uh... <laughs> God, I hope not Guam. <laughs> not Guam, no. <laughs> You've reached your limit. You're at the end of the road. Oh. Yes.
6: I've gone as far as I'm going, yep.
4: I, I got you. All right, well, very cool, man. I'm, uh, I'm jealous, man. I love, love the Hawaiian Islands. Go there quite often. It's I- awesome. It is wonderful. All right, hold on a sec, Stephen. Steven, the sales guy, and also playing, we go to San Diego, and we say hello to Nate. Hello, Nate. What's going on? How you doing? Welcome, Nate. You're on the radio here. What are you doing, San Diego, buddy?
0: Military police
4: at uh, MCRD. Ah, look at that. That's a man's job right there, and the guy in Beaver Dam is very happy that you do that, and he can rest easy right now. All right, hold on a sec, Nate. So we have Nate, the military police guy, and then we've got Steven, who's also the sales guy in Honolulu, Let's get this party started. And, Stephen, who would you like to partner up with on Mallers Mountain of Money? You can play with anyone on the show, me, Eddie, Danny, G, or Coop. I'll play with Eddie. All right. Stephen and Eddie are going to play. That will be the team that will lose the game. We'll mark them down One with an two. L right next to their name. Very good. And, Nate, who would you like to partner up with, Nate? Big Ben. That's right, Nate, because you want to win, Nate. And you realize, right. you realize that the winning side is the Maller side. That is correct. That's Good right. job by you. That's a win for you. I'll put a W next to your oh name. Boy. Here we go. We've never heard
5: this before. Yeah, I, all right, we all have I, a, I do is win. Uh-huh. We have a classic matchup. Steven and Eddie versus Nate and Ben. All right, fellas, it is the Steely Dan edition. Hold on a
4: sec, Danny. The Giants have scored another run. Uh. I might have to fire Roberts after tonight. I'm going to wait till the end of the week, but I might have to revisit that. Buster Posey had a ribby double. Go ahead.
5: The Steely Dan edition of Mallory's Mountain of Money. It's
4: 8-6, by the way, John. Seven, Go ahead.
5: Unfortunately, we lost Walter Becker last week, the uh, guitarist and co-founder of the band. All right, so Category 1, reeling in the Years. Category 2, Do It Again. Category 3, My Old School. Or Category 4, FM. Of course, all classic song titles from Steely Dan. All right, Stephen, you are on the line first. You get to pick first. Reeling in the year. Okay. Steven and Nate, that leaves you with do it again, my old school or FM? My
0: old
5: school. All right. All right. So we're ready to go here. Steven and Eddie, you guys are up first with reeling in the years. All right, gentlemen, 10 to 100 on the board. We need the first and last name of each sports figure. Reeling in the years. These athletes had careers of 15 years or more. 45 seconds on the clock. Eddie, are you ready? I am ready. Go, former Lakers
1: and Magic big man, the Diesel. He's now on TNT. Yeah. Hello,
4: Steven.
5: Steven, are you playing?
2: Yeah.
5: Are you?
4: This he is said, where you give the he answers. Said Jack
5: I, I think maybe we couldn't hear his phone there. All right, keep going. Full name of the
1: person I'm talking about. Bill O'Neill. Yes, fat Polish kicker for the Raiders. Janikowski. What's his first name? Sebastian. All right. Uh, former Chargers and Patriots linebacker. He was a smowing guy. He took his own life. Junior stay uh, Former Lakers player, later coached the Knicks. He got in a fight with
4: Matt Barnes over a woman Had a DUI. Mm. Uh, See, the problem here is my man Steven's on island time, and there's no sense of urgency. <laughs> I like that, though. He's very laid back. I like uh, that he's playing with you, Eddie. I like that. Steven, you got to go fast
5: and talk loud, okay?
4: That's all right. Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm I, doing I, what
5: I can. I, right. I thought you did great. I hope you continue that pace. Please. Yes. All right. Nate and Ben are up now. Your category is my old school. These athletes went back to school to earn a degree.
4: Whoa. Oh, apparently, oh. Steven uh, bailed out. Are you there, Nate? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. Steven quit. He uh, did not do well, so he hung off. We're going to so have
5: to go to the bullpen. We'll go to the
4: bullpen. Let's play the round, though, here, Nate. You ready to do this year? Let's do this it. This is a killer round, though. I'm telling you. We got screwed on this, but we'll be all right. We'll still do okay. All Here right, we go.
5: 45 seconds on the clock. You ready? Let's do it. Go.
4: All right, starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Big Ben. What's uh, his full uh, name? Ben uh, Rutherford. That's correct. A point guard for the Rockets. He was just traded from the L.A. Clippers. Oh, uh... Teammate with uh, Blake. Clipper, um, he is um, it Was a uh, Blake Griffin's teammate with the Clippers. cb 3 uh, What's his full name? All right, pass. Chris Paul. That's Chris correct. Paul, you Chris got Paul. it right. All right, a uh, former Kansas City Royal and LA Raider running back, star of the 1980s, played both sports. Paul Jackson. That is correct. Uh, outfielder for the Mets, traded to the Dodgers this year. He's got uh, his last name. The Yankee broadcaster would sing in a song. Oh, Known as I love pass. All right, pass. Uh, tennis player, not Serena, but. Williams. that's correct. Uh
6: former cowboy. Oh, all right. Actually, it's actually not it's pretty close. Uh, 120 points to that round. Uh Eddie had 90. Yeah, yeah. I
1: never heard him say Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, he said right. Ben He, he did. He said
6: both names. Look at Eddie's That's there. Good. Look at Eddie. What
4: now a schmuck. I'm going to try and do
5: what you I are can. Such <laughs> <a shmuck. laughs> what am I, What do you expect
4: right. me to do? Like, right. I sucked ahead. Well, and I mean, and by is, the way, Nate
5: you. Nate, you were looking for Curtis Granderson. There.
4: And just be happy oh, we didn't okay. get with well, the, the name also. The last one we were going to get was Le- Leon Lett we were trying to get to. And then the uh, final one, the final one, which never would have happened, if I had said former – a two-time Olympic medalist, a figure skater, women's figure skater, retired. What would you have said? Man, uh, Michelle Kwan. Oh, man! Oh, <laughs> no! oh, what? Oh, ben? Man! What? You didn't even, oh, you man! didn't even say Asian, oh, and he still got it. I don't, I don't see uh, race, you idiot. How dare you? You racist. racist. I don't play that. Eddie
5: Eddie plays that. All right. We didn't
4: Dang. get to that anyway, but yeah, you, you would have gotten that one. Damn, I should have just gone to that one. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get somebody to replace uh, – what's his name over there? Uh, Steven, who's <laughs> bailed out because he didn't have a good round. All right. We'll get to the conclusion. Mallers Mountain of Money. We'll get to that. We'll do it next. And we have the big finish of Mallers Mountain of Money, the Steely Dan edition. I am paired up with Nate, and I've got the lead, but – eddie's guy steven bailed out he didn't have a good round there he was on hawaiian island time as they call it there it was in no sense of urgency so we've replaced him and who's going to replace him let's see here uh who should
6: we go with uh how about i think you should let uh, eddie choose his line
4: well no you don't that's not how it works you don't get to choose who, who you part that's what with. you do No, i don't get to, i don't do that I have never times. done that. You pick
1: Jed who fled. I have never done that. Jed is
4: called up to be one. the backup, and if there's a backup, we go to the backup. But if there's two backups, you don't get to pick who you go with. That's right, not so how it we're going to run out of That's time, right. guys. Well, he wants to fight with me, Danny. If these guys want to fight with me, all right, then line I'll fight five or with six, him. Eddie. All right, let's go with line five. Go ahead, line five. Hey,
0: how are you doing, Ben? Jason in Ottawa here. Congrats on the podcast numbers.
5: All right, thank you for that. All right, let's get this uh, party started. Here we all go. All right, Jason. Do it again or FM? Do it again. All right, here we go. These athletes were part of back-to-back championship teams. Eddie, 45 seconds on the clock. You ready? Let's go. And go. Current quarterback
1: of the Patriots. Tom Brady. Won titles with the Heat. LeBron took his talents to play with them. Dwayne Wade. Dallas Hall of Fame running back, NFL's all-time leading rusher. Current manager of the Yankees. Uh, Joe Girardi. Former NBA player. His nickname was Big Shot. He won titles with the Lakers and the Spurs. Robert Ory. Former NBA head coach with the Warriors. His son later coached. He was an old school guy with the Celtics. Had a fish uh, tie. Wore a fish uh, tie. Uh,
5: don't curse. Uh, pass, pass. Ben- no. Ben- no. Ben-
1: former, former Broncos wide receiver white guy. His son Christian was a star at Stanford recently. Hey, yes. Uh, I don't know. Fish tie. That's all I got for this guy. <laughs>
5: all right, he didn't, didn't run the board. Unfortunately. Almost. Don Nelson. Yeah, Don Nelson. Oh. All right.
4: Uh, you did not see that. All right. Here we go. Let's do it. Uh, how how many points is that, Coop? Three hundred and fifty total. All right. Uh, now this uh, this category, Coop, wants me to promote all our competitors. Apparently, that's what you want, Coop. Is that right? Some some yes. of these are on our network. Uh,
5: most of them are not. Well, it. <laughs> <laughs> the song is FM, so the category yeah. is These right. Athletes Became Radio or Podcast Just if, if
4: my boss is listening, I didn't write this category. I would not have written this category, but Coop likes to promote. You're not
6: saying where to find them.
5: Oh, please, Coop.
4: I All will right. be having to say that to get people All to right. get to the clue, idiot. 40, All right, 40, here we go. Let's talking. do
5: it. 45 seconds on the clock.
4: Go. You, oh, wait. Hold on a second. Nate, are you there, Nate? Oh. Nate. Yeah. All right, you ready? All right, let's go. Here we go. All right. Go. Okay. All right. Uh, former Colts coach. He's on NBC right now on Sundays. Former Colts head coach. Oh, Kenny yeah, uh, Yes. All right. Uh, uh, morning <laughs> host. Uh, he played at Notre Dame. Uh, ESPN morning host. They're gonna, about to get rid of that show, though. Played at Notre Dame. Are you in any hurry here? What's going on with you? No. All right. A uh, former Fab Five member, played with the Indiana Pacers. He's been on ESPN for years.
0: Uh, uh, Jalen Rose.
4: Yes. Uh, All right. We'll go through the ESPN lineup. Uh, former Jets wide receiver, give me the damn ball.
3: Keyshawn Martin. Or Keyshawn
4: Johnson. That's right. Keyshawn A former <laughs> Bengals quarterback, NFL MVP, 1980s. Oh.
5: It's about oh, to be one. Boomer. Yeah, Boomer's Sison. Boomer or Sison.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, Nate. Uh,
5: He's partnerless now. I
4: kind of like the fact that you don't know the ESPN lineup, but Coop does. He's a big fan as he uh, put those names
6: down. They're all athletes. You don't have to mention their shows. Yeah. It's, it's Media is yeah, the well, category, well, stupid. Blah, uh, blah, blah. Yeah. What's the be- final score? Ben's, Ben's a loser.
4: Yeah. yeah. That's the final score. That's a winner. Yeah. I would argue a producer at Fox Sports Radio running down the ESPN lineup's a loser, but that's just me. All right. Uh, listen, uh, thank you good job jason you are a great
1: relief pitcher give that man a golden ticket i've got a golden ticket jason in ottawa good job
3: at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field